0: A man tells his story so many times that it becomes the stories. They live on after him. And in that way, he becomes immortal. All right, welcome to the very first episode. ...of The Adventure of Story. I am... Who am I? Chris?
1: Oh yeah, last I checked.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm Chris, and uh, I'm a writer.
1: And I'm Jamie, and I'm a video producer.
0: And we are so glad that you are here joining us, because we don't know what the hell we're doing. (laughs) We love storytelling, and we wanted to examine movies... Like True Millennials, we thought the best way to do that was do a podcast.
1: Yeah, and you have seven months stuck at home. What else to do but a podcast as a, a millennial in a pandemic? So here we are.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, I did some heavy research. I didn't find really any movie podcasts, so I thought movies would probably... Oh, yeah.
1: This is so original, so unique. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, we, we're we going to try because... yeah we do not want to be the movie snobs.
1: Yes, there is. There are, in case you didn't pick up our sarcasm, there are a plethora of movie podcasts out there. But where we hope to be a little bit different is, as Chris said, or as we both have said, we are storytellers by trade. Chris is a writer. I'm a video producer. So we love stories and we love movies. But there's a lot of People who love movies, I'm not sure if they actually love movies. They just drag. Anything popular, they drag. If you like Marvel, you don't like movies. If you like the new Star Wars trilogy, you don't like Star Wars. There's just so much gatekeeping from this internet movie community that I am just sick of.
0: Yeah. Like, it, it becomes a contest for who can name, like, the most obscure movie possible.
1: Exactly. Like... They're not allowed to like anything popular. The more obscure, the more knowledgeable and intelligent you are. Exactly. That is not who we are. Although we do have our snobby tendencies. My favorite movie in the first grade was Ben-Hur, and I get a lot of crap from that from my husband.
0: You can't. (laughs) You cannot start dumping on movie snobs. I totally forgot about that until this moment right now. My
1: f- Yeah, I'm a recovering film student. I went to college and studied radio, TV, film. So I definitely was in class with students who said their favorite movie was Citizen Kane. Doubtful. <laughs> Do not think that's your favorite movie. Get some personality. Like, your favorite movie should be the Power Rangers movie. Like, calm down.
0: That is a great movie. And I <laughs>
1: All right, so we just lost credibility because Chris's favorite movie is the Power Rangers. It is
0: not. <laughs> it might be up there.
1: <laughs> but all that to say, this isn't who we want to be. We love movies. We love even the bad ones. Chris is a avid, from practically birth, fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. So yes. no movie is beneath us. <laughs>
0: hey, there's some nuggets in there.
1: There's some nuggets. There's good... I Maybe it's the optimist in me, but I believe there's... Good in every movie, even like challenge us to watch Sharknado and find something in there that's thematically provoking.
0: There has to be a theme, in the <laughs> there,
1: ha- there has to be a theme.
0: It's about we- climate
1: change, yes. You know,
0: we never we don't know what the future holds for us. Maybe wow. Sharknado's.
1: Wow, all right, stay tuned for next episode, <laughs> Sharknado. Sharknado. But yes, all this to say we we are story lovers and what better medium to enjoy stories but movies. I love filmmaking. And again, I just said we're not snobby, but indulge me for this five minutes of snobbiness. (laughs) I love filmmaking because it is the most collaborative art form, I feel. And it's just, it's not... Collaboration with multiple people, it's collaboration also with multiple mediums of art. You have cinematography, you have music, you have editing, you have acting. There's so many art forms that come together in a perfect symphony to tell a story, and each one plays a role in telling the story. Sometimes it's the way the picture is framed through cinematography. Maybe it's someone in a door frame, isolated from the rest of the scene. What are you thinking
0: of? Perhaps.
1: Perhaps there is some isolation themes in this in this scene. Uh, the music. Imagine watching a movie without music. And sometimes that's done intentionally. There's so many choices made with each art form that plays into filmmaking that evokes emotion and drives the story, which is why we're here.
0: Yeah, and this is a podcast for the storytellers. I mean, obviously we're here as movie lovers too. So movie lovers are more than welcome, but we really want to dive into these storytelling techniques so that we can figure out what makes movies so impactful. We fall in love with these characters and we fall in love with the storylines and I want to pretend like I'm in the Shire all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And that's because storytellers are able to use these techniques powerfully and, and convey these messages that mean something so much more than just, you know, killing orcs.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. And so. I mean, even look at your own relationships and just think about what people connect on. It's usually a shared interest on a TV show or a movie or music. So all of those are mediums of storytelling. So we're focusing specifically on movies, but stories are truly what connect us as people. And I think connection is important now more than ever. So we want to celebrate that and tear down the curtain of gatekeeping and just see stories for what they are, which is a device that connects us as human beings. Snobbiness done. <laughs> Maybe not, but <laughs>
0: no promises made. No
1: promises. There may be other moments of snobbiness we throughout do, this
0: show. We will promise you. We will literally never do Citizen Kane. No, no, I'm not going to get snobby about it. I was about to dive into it. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're not going to talk about it.
1: We're not here uh, to. We're not here to gatekeep. If you truly like Citizen Kane, there is a reason it's yeah. in every film class. It was groundbreaking.
0: There's a reason why you literally last night. While we were watching Mystery Science Theater, as often is the case, you said, boy, old movies kind of suck.
1: <laughs> they kind of do. And this is the girl who liked Ben-Hur as a child.
0: Uh, because they're filmed like theater. It's just like a play. It's just wide shot, you know. And then you get to see the whole set. And there's that's it. There's nothing like acting uh, on the scene in terms of like cinematography.
1: Right. And not that that makes a bad movie.
0: I mean, the giant mantis probably did.
1: That's probably the biggest reason. Literally. (laughs) But we've come a long way where there is technology, like I was saying, with there being so many mediums, so many art forms that make filmmaking such a dynamic medium for storytelling, uh, technology plays a huge role in that. And as we advance we sometimes it's for better or worse technology isn't what guarantees that a story is good. look at the prequels no shade, no shade. If you like the prequels we're see we're our, like
0: we came out the gate like so gung-ho about not gatekeeping and we've already dumped on Citizen Kane of all things and the prequels which are wildly entertaining if not wow. awful. <laughs>
1: We will probably do a later episode finding the diamonds in the rough in the prequels because there's something good in every movie. So I'm going to stop gatekeeping. (laughs) We are going to just get back to the core of what we want this podcast to be, which is celebrating stories and how they connect us and why we love them.
0: Exactly. And we're going to explore that like two really dorky rangers, which we then took pictures of and put it on our website and... We're really, we're really big doors. It's yeah. fine.
1: Yeah, no shame. no shame. There's no judgment. This is a safe place. Yeah,
0: if you ever feel offended that we insulted a movie, just remember those pictures. <laughs> and
1: feel free to write us in and call us out on our shit.
0: Yeah, please. <laughs> um, when we talk about storytelling, we thought, okay, what are we going to do for the first episode? That's one of the biggest challenges. Starting a podcast in general, you're just like floundering around wondering... How are we going to get this thing off the ground? We were talking about starting today. And how many times did you say, I'm not ready for this? Like I, I'm still <laughs> you're saying, not. You're saying it right now. And it's just because it's, it's hard to figure out where to start, especially when you put the entire history of movies in front of you.
1: Yeah, let's narrow it down from I don't even know how many movies exist. Yeah, seriously.
0: So we thought, what's going to be the most on theme? when it comes to us exploring the adventure of story, like this quest for storytelling techniques. And we pretty quickly actually were like, we know. And that's a movie that makes me ball my eyes out.
1: I've never <laughs> seen Chris weep like he did for this film.
0: I used to be so strong, you know? Like I'd, I'd watch E.T., be like, yeah, take him away. I got soft. What happened to me? I cry every time Theoden dies.
1: Every time! What happened to Chris? is Big Fish. The Tim Burton film from 2003. Maybe you've seen it if you haven't, do yourself a favor and give it a watch and it is one of my favorites. I would say top 5.
0: So weird cuz like you forget Tim Burton did it until the like director comes up at the end and what?
1: And I feel like it's kind of people don't talk about big fish all the time. It's kind of this unsung hero. Not to say that it's Whoa. not popular. Are
0: you saying we're being snobby on purpose?
1: No. <laughs> Stop gatekeeping my gatekeeping. But no, it's, like, it's, it's one of those movies that you kind of forget about. But whenever I tell people oh, have you seen Big Fish or do you like Big Fish? It's usually, the response I get is usually, oh my gosh, I love Big Fish or, oh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it was so good. So it's definitely, it's a beloved movie. And I think what better movie to begin our adventure of this podcast than Big Fish because it is a story about storytelling.
0: Fair warning, like, I don't think, I think pretty much every movie we're going to talk about, there's going to be spoilers throughout. I don't know if we'll have, like, this section is the spoiler-free kind, unless it's, like, a very new movie, I guess.
1: We will avoid spoilers when we can, but we hope that the movies that we talk about are ones that you have seen and hopefully ones that you love just as much as we do. Exactly. But we do, like, with each episode, we hope that we can dive into specific themes rather than analyze an entire movie. <laughs> That just because every movie is jam-packed with so much that you can walk away from, but we'll hone it in, keep it specific so these episodes don't turn into five-hour long episodes.
0: That would be nice. We'll try to keep them to an hour. Yeah. Unless we try. watch all of The Lord of the Rings at the same time and then do a huge episode about it.
1: Hmm. Sounds like you have some big plans for us, Chris. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're not even done with the first episode and I'm already making plans. Uh, we will try to tell you what we're going to watch next so that you can go find it somewhere. And we'll also try to keep it to like a streaming service, unless it's in theaters or something. But.
1: Right. And we'll try and keep these to be movies that are beloved. But please write us in or use the hashtag, hashtag Adventure of Story on Twitter, on Instagram, and shout out some movies that you love that you want us to dive into and kind of look deeper, find find a nugget give us hashtag sharknado send us sharknado make us watch sharknado and find something in there
0: you're setting a precedent i am (laughs) uh you can also mail into us we don't we won't usually talk about where you can talk to us at the beginning of the show but since we're new we'll do it uh you can write into hello at adventure uh we'll mention that again at the end but anytime you're like hey i really want you to watch this movie i think there's some deep themes here or if you're like you totally missed this I mean, you were talking about this theme in this movie, and you missed this huge scene that had everything that you could have possibly wanted to talk about, and I'm going to tell you about it. And we'll, we might read it on the next episode or something, so yeah. definitely, like, talk to us. We love chatting. So, synopsis. What is Big Fish? What's the story about, Jamie?
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Big Fish. Big Fish is about a character, William, who receives word that his father is ill and dying, so he travels home from France and to rural Alabama, I believe. And just his father is this eclectic character. How, how do we describe his father?
0: His father is 100% a mythology?
1: Which Absolutely. I guess. <laughs> which I guess he is, is part of the story. a man of tall tales. He was, he was a little bit absent in William's life as he grew up and has these fantastical stories of his adventures on his job as a salesman and now that william is older these stories have be have become so large that he doesn't know what's true and what's not true so he's on this constant quest to understand the truth especially now that his father's dying he wants to know what's real what's fact what's fiction
0: yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs>
1: Did I miss anything? Uh, I was put on the spot. <laughs> something about
0: Obi-Wan Kenobi. I
1: oh, yes. Ewan McGregor. <laughs>
0: well, he's the young version of the father.
1: Yes. What is the father's name? Uh, Edward Bloom.
0: Thank God for IMDb. I always forget. <laughs> the story of Big Fish is all about story. I think we, we started with that quote about how stories, we become the stories we tell I think that's probably like the biggest theme in this movie. It's a man who's trying to talk about storytelling, talk about his life through sheer storytelling. And the problem his son has, problem William has is that he can't decide what, what is, he doesn't know his dad. I feel like he doesn't know his dad at all because it's just stories. It's just these crazy, obviously made up stories That only a child would believe and that he's, I mean, that's also upsetting to him because as a child, he believes it. And then he grows up and realizes it's all, you know, bullcrap. And how do you justify like this figure you thought you knew, but really the facts in there are, you don't know him at all. And what part of those stories are real and fake and what part of those stories are these exaggerated things. But I think like the movie takes it in a direction of like, what's the difference
1: And how important is knowing whether or not it's fact or fiction, because the fiction becomes the fact. The fact is that his father, even if all the details weren't true, that was his dad, a storyteller. And his stories became such a part of him that the relevancy of them being true or not just didn't matter.
0: Yeah. I think I, I wrote this down I was writing. I write like this. I wrote this like stream of consciousness while we were watching the last time, uh, which was just a couple of weeks ago. And some of uh, these notes, I'm like, oh, that's good. That's real good. And then some of these notes are like, what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> what, was, what scene was this? But I think this applies right here. And that's stories are the flavor, not the facts. And there's actually a specific scene. I remember writing this about Edward. Wait, wait, Edward?
1: Uh, the dad? Yeah. Edward Bloom.
0: I wrote stories, the flavor, not the facts, because there is a scene where he is like in bed and uh, Billy Crudup <laughs> has to go and give his dad insure mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is, like whatever the... Like- it's
1: funny. I'm looking at my notes now and I made a note about this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. He goes upstairs to give his dad insure to like give him the nu- the nutrients he needs to, you know, not die. And his, his dad just spits it out. He doesn't want it. And there is like some imagery with water, which we'll get to. But I think he says, he says specifically like, it just doesn't have any flavor. And I think that like sums up his, his entire character right there. This rejection of this thing. You need the nutrients. Mm-hmm. You need this thing to get stronger so that you, maybe you don't die. That would be great if you didn't <laughs> die. Yeah. But he rejects it because it says there's no flavor. So what's the, what is the uh, point of living your life just full of just for the facts
1: for the nutrients. Yep. Without just what the you flavor. need.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what storytelling is. It brings this aspect of life fla- like it brings these flavors of life like to the table. Right. What it, what what is our life about? Is it just going to work, struggling to find a job, finding someone who's robbing a bank? Oh, that- <laughs> Uh, what is the point of life if it's, if you're just going to tell the facts no one cares they want that story they want the tension in there and they want to to know what people can overcome and you only can do that with like flavorful storytelling as a copywriter the number one rule that we have to follow all the time is you start with a story mm-hmm. you have to because you can name all the facts you want And it's not going to matter because it's just, oh, here's like, you can be 30% more rich if you do like, that's great, but it always has to be started with a story because you're not going to grab people's attention without it because people want the flavor of it.
1: And running with that example, a copywriter using that technique, there's a reason that that technique exists and that technique is successful because people connect with that. People default to being egocentric. Not selfish, just you think for yourself. It's kind of like the airplane. You give yourself oxygen before you can give oxygen to your child or someone else. So when you hear a story, you usually put yourself in that story or you think for yourself. So you're able to connect with it. And in connecting with it, you're able to gain something from it.
0: There's a... Is totally just like shot into my brain. There is an office quote that actually sums this up perfectly. It's Michael Scott is talking about like going to a like science museum. And he says, they're great because you don't go to a science museum and they hand you a pamphlet about science. You go to a science museum and you put your hand on the metal ball and your hand and your hair stands up and you know, science <laughs> and that's like storytelling. You, you can't just hand yourself a pamphlet of facts you need the story to like really like from this place of empathy connect.
1: Yeah. It's a bridge. It's a bridge from it's a almost a bridge of empathy where you're able to connect with the person in the story, the people in the story and see yourself in there and just just have a picture of yourself or a deeper understanding of who you want to be. A lot of stories are idealistic.
0: I, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because there's another... It's like a different aspect of storytelling that's presented in Big Fish too. when it comes to idealistic. I love Edward Bloom's when he's talking about his past. I think he exaggerates these parts of the story to be the person like he wants to be. He portrays like uh, these important characteristics of what a, a good man would be. In these stories, whether he did those things or not is just who knows, but that's not the point. The point is we kind of idealize ourselves in storytelling, Mm -hmm. which is, (laughs) which is a double-edged sword because it's hard to tell facts. If you're going to start wondering what's fact and what's fiction, when we idealize ourselves, we come up with these mythologies for ourselves. I think of uh, the founding fathers, (laughs) they're real people with human choices and decisions many of which were terrible but we have told ourselves this story about who we should be as like a people right. and that's where like that flavor comes in and we connect it to like this ideology that we want to have and and so does edward bloom i mean he he has characters in his pastors like was he was he cheating on his wife at one point like there's like questions that get raised And it's almost like that's not the point, which is, that's a whole mess of issues right there.
1: (laughs) That's another, that's a whole other episode.
0: (laughs) But the point was, is like, this is in the stories, it's like, this is how you treat a woman. This is how you love a woman. And that's what he wanted to pass down to his son. It doesn't matter how that actually unfolded to Edward Bloom. He wanted to pass down like a characteristic of what an idealized man should be.
1: And I think it's interesting because throughout the movie, William, the son, has this defiance to his dad, where he kind of he almost fights wanting to be like him, and a lot of who he is as a character is defiance to who his dad is. But going back to that insure example within the movie when he has he says he like it has no flavor. There's a moment where. William, the son, leaves the room with his dad and he takes the insure because he didn't drink it. And he takes a sip of the insure, and he also doesn't like it. So it's kind of interesting, like that little character moment of, he also doesn't like lack of flavor.
0: <laughs> exactly. Which is interesting because he's a writer. Mm-hmm. That's his job. And uh, here he is like complaining that his dad uses storytelling all the time, he's a writer. I don't know, I don't think he's, I think it's like, isn't it a news or something? Which is interesting because that plays into like, he's all about facts. And here is Edward Bloom looking at his son, who is a writer, getting paid to write. And he never made money off of his stories. Now, it obviously made him like the center of attention, mm-hmm. but he never made money off of telling his stories. And his son gets to do that. But he's sterile in that. Like he doesn't, he doesn't understand that there needs to be a flavor to the story. It's not just about reporting these facts or whatever, which, you know, you probably should in the news industry. <laughs> but right. it is interesting that as he fights to, like, be defiant from his dad, like you were saying,
1: mm-hmm. he
0: actually is very, very much like his dad.
1: Even choosing to go into a career of writing.
0: Uh, here's a, here's an interesting question that goes into, I mean, every story, like, the story keeps connecting through water and a big fish.
1: Right. The, the the symbolism isn't subtle at all. There is water throughout the movie. It's in ways that I hadn't noticed. I mean, you notice the obvious like there's a scene where Edward Bloom, older Edward Bloom, I should we should specify, they're very different characters. <laughs> older Edward Bloom is in the bathtub with his his wife is He's just soaking in a bathtub. He's fully clothed. He just He's the big fish, yeah. so he needs water. In a small pond. In a small pond. You have the image of this big guy in a bathtub, but just images like that.
0: And he drinks water instead of the insurer, right? Is he dr- he I-
1: always wants a glass of water. Yeah, there's a lot of imagery of glasses of water. There's the more subtle ways that I've seen, that I saw the, the water imagery throughout the movie is even when William finds out about, he receives the call about his dad not doing well. And it's raining. He comes out of the rain. And I honestly don't know what that means, if it's just kind of this connection of just this constant of his dad. There's imagery of water and rain and being underwater. And it's within the fantastical scenes of young Edward Bloom recapping his stories and his past. But it's also in the present. So maybe the rain, the water is a constant that ties the fact and fiction.
0: Yeah, I love that. And with his, with it raining when he gets the call, I mean, what is symbolically like the saddest rain? Like the saddest version of water is rain, you know? Right.
1: right. What's that What's that term where the weather reflects the scene? There's a term for it that I wish I had on deck. <laughs> just, just bam right there. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> You'll come up with it. We'll be like saying goodbye. And then you'll be like,
1: ah, this. Yeah. Uh, Or I'll record later. So the word is. I'll add that in later. We'll fix it in post. Keep
0: that in just as you did. (laughs) (laughs) So Edward. Edward is the big fish in our symbolic scenario here. But I, I would argue that's not necessarily true. I think, especially as someone who has fished and tells stories about the big fish that gets away there's definitely imagery i mean he's fishing at many times in the story and he can't catch the big fish so there's like another layer of like the symbol of the big fish in there that also has to do with storytelling because like storytelling and lying and all this stuff it's synonymous with fishing (laughs) i think there's a another layer that everyone's got their own Big fish. Everyone has a big fish in their life. For his, for Edward Bloom's son, for William, for Billy Crudup. I'm saying Crudup, right? that's a, that's a just unfortunate last name.
1: Uh, That's how I've always said that. I'm also known to mispronounce (laughs) things, so. Also, P.S. Pathetic fallacy.
0: Ooh, there it is. That's what that device is Pathetic fallacy?
1: Pathetic fallacy. It's a literary device. This is according to... Socratic.org. Oh,
0: my. A
1: literary device in which human emotions are attributed to aspects of nature, such as the weather.
0: Damn. Look at you go.
1: Schooling you. (laughs) (laughs) There Uh, was a dance that came with that as well. Yeah. uh,
0: I've done a lot of hand gestures already, and Mm. I'm instantly forgetting that (laughs) we can't see any of this. But where was I? Big fish. Big fish. We all
1: have our big fish.
0: We all have our big fish. I think in that story... Each character has their own big fish. Billy Crudup's character talks about how he doesn't connect with his dad. One of the first kind of his inner internal monologues in the story, where he's narrating, I guess you could say, he talks about, "I just don't connect with my dad. I don't, I don't know him really." And it's during a shot where his dad is like swimming in that in the pool. He has like I think goggle. I think I'm, my mind imagines him with a snorkel, like he's yeah. in. He's like. He does. in the pool. Yes. That I mean his dad is his big fish. He's this thing that's gotten away. But in turn, I would definitely argue that William is his dad's big fish too.
1: Damn. <laughs> so, <laughs> this
0: is where I'm going to start crying. Uh,
1: <laughs> I guess should we talk about for people who haven't seen the movie or who need the refresher. One of Edward Bloom's big stories that he tells at weddings, family functions. It's his big story. And
0: we all have this family member that just tells the same story every single time they're able to have the room.
1: Yes. His story involves him catching a big fish. And it's this tall tale. He catches the fish with his wedding ring.
0: Because it's about like catching his wife. It's about giving her what she wants. Giving the fish what... The fish wants, and that's a ring. (laughs) And then of course, everyone loves that kind of crap in stories, you know, you know, so cheesy and dorky. Everyone loves that stuff. But I don't think actually in the story, he tells that story, certainly. But I think for his characterization, I don't think his big fish, Edward Bloom's big fish, is his wife. Mm -hmm. I actually think it is his son. Not that he has a son, I think it's that his son is going to adopt these traits of a a good man that he's passing down. We talked about, but that he's also going to be a storyteller and he's a writer. That doesn't mean he's a storyteller.
1: Oh, yeah. One key detail that people who have seen this movie probably remember. But Edward, I'm sorry, (laughs) (laughs) William's wife. So the son's wife is pregnant. That's right. So William is about to become a father.
0: That's true. And he has to connect to his dad now that... <laughs> I'm just going to kick everything in here. He has to detect, uh, connect to his dad now that he's going to become a dad. And I think that the, the point of the story, like the, the hinge that the plot revolves around, is if he doesn't get it, if he doesn't get this message from his dad, he won't be able to pass that down to his kid, too. And all his dad wants, I think, is for him to be able to, like, live fully with this flavorful storytelling. That it's not just about the facts, it's about the meaning underneath the stories that are happening to you. And when we get to the end of the story, so his dad's health deteriorates over the course of the movie. And we get that, the hospital scene where he says he's going to go at any time. So he goes to the hospital to see his dad. And he, he... Goes next to his, his dad and his dad keeps saying, "I this isn't how I go. And that's the one thing throughout the movie that he keeps saying that he never says, he never reveals that story. It's yeah. the one story we don't hear.
1: Yeah, and one of his stories was saying how he saw this witch and this witch told him or he looked into the eye of this witch and he saw how he dies so this story...
0: When we say fantastical, we mean it.
1: <laughs> yes. This story, he had a story for how he knew how his life, the course of his life would go and how he would die. So his stories gave him control of his life where a lot of the fact proves to be the drive. You know, it's like these stories don't change the facts.
0: Yeah. It's not like he was altering what happened entirely he just makes it fantastical to drive a point but his death he knew would play out a certain way or he says that he knows but really he leaves that story untold mm-hmm. so that his son comes next to him and has to tell him how he dies how
1: and he goes. i am ready to weep just thinking just about that <laughs> that part that part of the movie is what destroys me
0: and finally, finally, his son tells a story. He gets it. He understands that he can't just say, well, my dad died. Well, okay. Does that reveal what your dad meant to you? Does that re- does that tell the story of your dad? He died. That's a fact. That's a point, a bullet point. But that doesn't tell the meaning of his life. This long life that he's lived with all this craziness. Some of it made up. <laughs> Saying the bullet point of he died does not say who he was as a person. And so he tells a story about them escaping the hospital and rushing to the river and having all of the people in his life. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) Don't don't cry. (laughs) And they, they all see him off. He doesn't die in the story. He becomes the big fish. It's always it's the legend. He is a legend. His character, his personality, who he is as a person is a legend. It's just the story from now on. He leaves, he dies. But that's not the end of his story because as long as people are telling it, he
1: lives. It makes you think the power of storytelling, which is the theme we're exploring here in Big Fish. We ourselves, people we're not remembered by our lives we're remembered by who we are and a lot of who we are is is defined by our stories by the stories people tell of us edward bloom was on paper he was probably this traveling salesman it's never really determined yeah I, <laughs> it's so irrelevant like, it's never really yeah. confirmed
0: he's not around a lot It seems like he does some traveling sales. That's probably
1: what he was. Right, right. But he's this traveling salesman. But he wasn't defined by his job, which millennials out there, it's a dangerous line. We all walk. (laughs) We define ourselves by our job. Totally other podcast that needs to cover that. But Edward Bloom wasn't defined by his job. He was defined by the stories he told. And that's how people remember him. And that's how we're remembered. We're not remembered by the work we do, Mm -hmm. unless you identify in your job. And maybe there's nothing wrong with that. Or maybe that's something you need to take a look at or we need to take a look at. But we're remembered by the stories that people tell of us. So what kind of stories are people telling? What kind of big bullet points come out of our lives and the work we do and the deeds we do and the lives we live. It's so much bigger. The stories that come of us make us immortal, like what this movie is about. It makes us almost bigger people than what we really were and really are. And what a gift that is to have a life that people want to tell stories of you.
0: Absolutely. We are the stories that are told about us. We might not be able to wrap up all these loose ends in our lives. I'm sure William Bloom would have loved to have, after this revelation would have loved to have continued his relationship with his dad and been able to have a back and forth that was more than just memories, but it's the stories of his dad that allow him to continue to live and his child, who we get to see kind of at the end with Yeah, this, he's uh, an older kid. He's, he's an like older kid. 10, like it's under 10. Yeah, it's, uh, you and know, large. obviously it's been a few years or whatever. They're able to tell the story of his dad to their kids. And he'll always be that legend. He'll always be able to pass down all of the meaning of his life through generations. And that kind of is is said as the kids play in the pool where he was the big fish. That's what's so incredible about storytelling in general. We can tell an event that happens, but true storytelling is what that event means, what it does to us, who we are. We identify in stories. We change our cultural identity through stories. We wield a power as storytellers that should not be taken lightly. We can tell the rest of the world what's important to us, not in this boring way, like, uh, I think you should be you know, nice to other people. Like who the hell wants to listen to that? <laughs> but if we tell a story where someone is unable to like achieve what they want until they realize you've got to get along with other people to get there, you know, there becomes this tension that we focus on. And that means something. In the story,
1: it makes me think of the stories you hear from your family <laughs> and how you know relatives you didn't know based on these stories. It's something that lives beyond their lives. I never knew my maternal grandfather, and I wish I did just based on the stories that I've heard about him. You never question factor fiction with stories. It's how do they make you feel? What do they make you think? What is your understanding? And what do you take away?
0: Like I said, kind of towards the beginning, I think this is one of those movies where people go, I saw it. I remember seeing it. And I had like, I have a powerful feeling to it, but I don't remember the details of the story, which is exactly what this movie is about. It's, giving that emotion
1: right and a lot of this movie is fantastical i can i can understand if people don't like this movie because it's just kind of silly a lot of the time it's giants and danny devito turning into a werewolf like <laughs> it's forgot. kind of it's <laughs> kind of weird <laughs> it's tim burton you need to go in knowing that oh, so God. it's a little bit fantastical but it, give it a chance if this, if this isn't your thing because it makes me weep. (laughs) It's so powerful. I mean, it just, it kind of makes you think about your mortality too, beyond like everyone has different relationships with their families, but it makes you think about your mortality and the impact you have in your life. What do you want your story to be? What do you want the stories that people tell about you In life and after life, you know, we don't have to wait till we die to make an impact. God, I
0: hope I make an impact when I'm dead.
1: (laughs) But no, it's uh, what are the stories that people say about you in your life and what impact? Because stories are so connecting that you yourself are a story. And when you connect with other people, they're connecting to your story.
0: And if you do watch this movie and if you have daddy issues, good luck.
1: (laughs) Who doesn't have daddy issues, let's be honest. Oh
0: man, there's another podcast. (laughs)
1: Love you dad, by the way. (laughs) We could go, we can go scene by scene and dissect this movie, but the general takeaway is you become your stories. You connect by your stories and this connection goes beyond generations. It goes beyond time and space and that is the power that stories give us. I mean, you think about there's conventions, global conventions for Star Wars or comic books or video games that people from all over the world come together and hang out. They connect on this common denominator of a story, essentially. So that is a very clear example of the power of storytelling.
0: Absolutely. Story changes who we are, who we identify as. I mean, when we get really impacted by a story, we become obsessed with it. I mean, there is a map of Middle Earth up on the wall that I'm looking at right now.
1: I mean, even Chris and I met and connected on our nerdiness essentially but i made a zelda reference at work one day and the rest is history
0: (laughs) the zelda reference heard around the world
1: yes it was definitely a test to see how cool he was and he took the bait
0: yeah it's gonna be interesting as we continue these episodes uh what we're gonna do because obviously we want to talk about these movies but there's always like the preamble of uh what do we do at the beginning of the episode what do we do at the end of the episode we want to keep you guys entertained and what's great, if you're listening now and listening at the beginning of this, you will be able to influence us.
1: You will drive our story. Yes.
0: You, oh, <laughs> you are part of the story. You are a
1: part of the story. You're on the adventure.
0: So always be letting us know, like, hey, I'd love to uh, talk about this or that or the other thing. Or uh, we love this part of the podcast. But we always like wrapping it up with a little bit of fun. And we want to make sure our parents uh, <laughs> watch this movie. My favorite thing about IMDb is the... <laughs> is the uh, parental guidance part because it, it breaks down this wonderful thing we called story into should your kid watch it. And here's why they shouldn't. My favorite from this movie from big fish is uh, number one. And it's, it's labeled mild. A man falls over off of a toilet <laughs> parentheses from a heart attack uh, while reading a playboy magazine.
1: Ooh, that's a lot of a we lot of all, ground.
0: We all see the cover featuring a signature bunny slash rabbit.
1: For <laughs> <We laughs> sophisticated folks, design the rabbit. <laughs> and we see the scene again.
0: It happens twice. <laughs> Edward briefly mentions his mother was banging the milkman. Scandalous.
1: Scandalous.
0: Let's see what else. Oh, profanity. Mild. Oh. Don't worry, it's mild. There's at least, at least, we didn't count. We just got to this number and we're like, yeah, it's probably enough to go by. At least three S words. And then one slang term for sex. The aforementioned banging. One bitch. (laughs) Just one. (laughs) Three dams. Three hells. Would you consider hell a, a swear word?
1: As a child it was. I feel like it's quite mild now.
0: And one incomplete. Son of a. But bench was mentioned earlier, so they should have just finished it, I guess. So there's a, a little guidance for you parents out there who uh, want to enjoy good storytelling with your kids. But yeah, so what are we going to be doing next? Which is actually really exciting to me.
1: What are we doing next, Chris? Uh,
0: the next two episodes are going to be our favorite movies. We're going to dissect them. We're going to pull out the theme for all their little crunchy, juicy bits. Can Crunchy and Juicy be in the same...
1: Yeah, okay. there's some crunchy, juicy things. Oh, all right. Like uh, stories. S- stories.
0: <laughs> uh, so we're going to be looking at our favorite movies. The first one is Jamie's favorite movie.
1: Oh, are we doing mine first?
0: That Yeah, because yours is more sophisticated.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. It doesn't matter. We are not pretentious, even though we may have disproven that by my gatekeeping of Citizen Kane. But uh, my favorite movie is... Uh, not Ben-Hur. Not Ben-Hur. Although Ben-Hur is great. We may do that one eventually. But oh, absolutely. favorite movie, if I had to an answer right now, is Cameron and Crow's 2000 Almost Famous. Nice. It's great. Love it. So many reasons.
0: You just... Well, you just revealed the secret of our podcast, which is we're going to watch every Billy Crudup movie there is.
1: Wouldn't be mad. He's great.
0: We three... Princess okay.
1: Ooh, yes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Forget he's in movie. there. <laughs> yes, so Prince, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. So Almost Famous, my favorite movie, will be exploring the theme of identity. It's a Ooh. huge underlying theme of the whole movie. So there's a lot to unpack there. So stay tuned for that.
0: And we get to make a lot of Led Zeppelin Zeppelin references, <laughs> which is always good. What what is, what band is
1: it supposed to be? Led Zeppelin. It's Led it? Zeppelin, Almond Brothers, I mm-hmm. believe a little bit. Cameron Crowe might you just be. just mashed them together. Yeah, might be the has had the coolest life maybe, and I'm glad that he has immortalized it with his story, almost famous.
0: Yeah, that'll be exciting. And then the week after that, we'll be exploring my favorite movie, which you know what, you'll have to wait and <gasps> no! see next week should should i say it now
1: say it they're already crumbling with curiosity are they <laughs> probably
0: not <laughs> if you've read a lot of my blog you assume and you'd be almost correct that it must be lord of the rings and i've already mentioned lord of the rings like 15 times in this podcast i've hit my quota i actually have a little notepad right here mentioned lord of the rings 15 <laughs> yeah, times we read did it G. done it my favorite movie is the og jurassic park
1: See, he said mine was more sophisticated. It it's is. The pinnacle of modern cinema is Jurassic Park. You watch that bitch today, it is still <laughs> it still holds up. Those dinosaurs are still convincing as hell.
0: It's really crazy when I can watch I, I hate to dump on the prequels again, but I'm gonna do it. I can watch the prequels and they came out, what, like eight years, seven years after this the first one did? And they're way worse. Now, granted, there's a lot of nighttime and, and rain and they Again, really cover those dinosaurs. But whatever.
1: Throwing it back to the beginning of the episode, technology never guarantees <laughs> that. And honestly, that's something we can touch on in the Jurassic Park episode is how lack of technology played into
0: absolutely
1: better serve the story. Absolutely. But you'll have to wait till that episode for us to dive deeper into that.
0: Yeah, what theme is that going to be? That I will keep seeing. It. Okay. So... It's not dinosaurs. It's dinosaurs. <laughs> you can reach us at a few different places. We do have a Instagram and a Twitter that we're going to stumble and try to uh, make funny and interesting. Um, <laughs> no promises. Social, social media is a
1: deep, dark hole.
0: Seriously. But you can find us. We are Adventure of Story.
1: At Adventure of Story on Instagram. (laughs) Apparently there is a character count on Twitter for a handle. So our handle is Adventure of Story without the A. The at serves as the A. So it's Adventure of Story with the at as the A. So Adventure of Story on Instagram, Adventure of Story on Twitter. (laughs) You can find all of that from our website at www.adventureofstory.com Our uh, amazing theme song is by Christopher Gentle at CW Gentle Composer on Instagram and www.christopherwgentle.com Check out his stuff. He's really talented.
0: And once again, if you want to email us, email us at hello at We'll respond to you when we want to chat and hang out and talk about movies and storytelling and We want to know what your favorite movie is. So maybe for this first episode, since we're going to do our next two uh, episodes, our favorite story. So what's your favorite story?
1: Write in and tell us your favorite. And there's really something to take from every movie. So we'd love to hear what wide variety people like.
0: If it's Citizen Kane, that's totally fine.
1: I will begrudgingly examine Citizen Kane, although it has been overdone. But
0: if I will it, do it is Attack of the Clones, that's totally fine.
1: Happy to do it.
0: With that said, the, I think this rounds out the rest of our episode.
1: That's I think We've a wrapped wrap. it
0: up. Oh, all right. Wow. <gasps> Are we going to say that's a wrap every mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. Is, oh, is that, is that cheesy? Is that too much? Is that too mm-hmm. cheesy? <gasps> I thought we wouldn't cross that line. <sighs> it's
1: all right. Hopefully, Hopefully, you have listened this long. Hope you'll be back for our next episode.
0: You have homework. Watch Almost Famous. Watch
1: Almost Famous. Get
0: a refresher. Is it on? Do we remember
1: where it is? I believe it's on Amazon. Last I checked. Hopefully you can, that's you first.
0: can stream it, I think, on Amazon. Prime.
1: Yes. I believe you can stream it on Amazon Prime for you prime wielding folks out there. Keep telling stories, keep enjoying stories, and see you all next episode.
0: Okay bye. <laughs>
1: bye. <laughs>